as William just said, we're going to be talking today uh, from Joshua chapter 1. We're taking a break from our series in Ecclesiastes uh, just to do a one-off week today. I felt this moment as we first gather again, and even in the week in the lead up to this, there was this kind of like, will it, won't it moment on Wednesday as the news broke and the government talks about this new kind of rule of six and how they're going to enforce that. And I spent the morning, I spoke to Dave on the phone, and I'm like, I don't know if we're going to be able to go for it on Sunday. After all the kind of planning and preparing and thinking, we're, we're going to do it, and maybe we won't. Um, but here we are, and off the back of this kind of strange week and strange season, I want to speak to us through Joshua chapter 1 uh, about courage today. Uh, and now, two years ago, when Jenny and I were preparing to move to Wokingham, um, I... I lost count of the number of times and the number of people that gave us, and gave me in particular, the verses that we're going to look at today. And so they're very meaningful verses for me. They're they're verses which I hold dear and are of great significance. And as I prepared for this weekend, and as I thought about where we're up to as a church community, and all that's been going on, and as we look ahead, even now with a large amount of uncertainty. We look around in the world and in our nation and there's uncertainty, there's loss, there's confusion all around us. And as I prayed for that this week, I I found these verses came to mind uh, and I want to speak from them today. I believe that they are going to be Super, super helpful and encouraging for us. So if you've got a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. They will come up on the screen, but I would encourage you to look at it for yourself. Now, just while you're finding it, I want to give you a little context to the verses that we're going to read. Joshua and about two and a half million Israelites were camped on the edge of the Jordan River. They needed to cross the Jordan River in order to get into the land that God had promised them. The land that they had spent decades wandering around the desert to arrive at. And now at this point, they're the other side of the river. They've got to cross the river and then there's still work to do. They've traveled through the wilderness. And in that time, they've seen God provide for them in incredible ways. Manna from heaven, water out of a rock. Even right at the start of the Exodus, as they came out of slavery in Egypt, led by Moses, they crossed the Red Sea and God parted the waters for them to escape the oncoming Egyptian army. They've seen amazing things, but they know too that this next bit isn't straightforward. There's another river to cross, and on the horizon just beyond that, Jericho. Huge, fortified city. What are they going to do about that? See, inheriting the land was still going to be tough. They'd seen God do amazing things, but they'd had a hard time too. Some crazy stuff happened in those 40 years. And it was going to take courage to move on to the next bit. And as it stands, at this point in time, camped by the Jordan River, they were not actually... Uh, in the best spot. (laughs) Things had been tough, and they knew things were going to be tough. And maybe some of you feel like that today. Maybe the last months have just taken their toll. 
on you. I know for some in this room, you've had loved ones pass away in these last months. Some, the, the pain and frustration, not only of the loss of a loved one, but the inability to feel that you can grieve properly because you can't make it to a funeral on the other side of an ocean. For others, you're facing uncertainty and you have faced uncertainty with your job. For others, health complications, all kinds of things that have meant the last months have been tough and you're looking ahead and you're thinking, man, 2020 has been just hard and we're still not through yet. There's more to come. The news cycle keeps going and it just feels like we are facing it. And now Joshua is in one of those spots. Hmm. Joshua is supposed to lead God's people across the river. But Moses, who he's taken over from, has just died. Moses, the great leader who led them out of slavery, led them across the Red Sea. Moses, who saw God provide manna from heaven for them, who saw water come out of a rock that they might drink whilst they were in the desert. Moses, who'd overseen the building of the Ark of the Covenant and the the tent of meeting, that they might know God's presence with them on this journey through the wilderness. Moses, it would be impossible to overstate the impact and weight of Moses' leadership of these people. And it would also be impossible to overstate the impact of his death on the two and a half million Israelites camped there. And on Joshua, who now bore the weight on his shoulders of taking on the leadership from that great man. The loss, sorrow, the grief, the, the, the lack of confidence perhaps. Like when a nation loses a leader like Moses, you have that moment of like, well, I mean, what are we going to do now? I watched, I don't know how many of you have watched it, I watched Hamilton, the musical this week with Jenny, and there's this moment in it where George Washington uh, is going to step down. And, uh, and George Washington leaves a vacuum. When there's this moment in the, in the play where they assess the kind of potential kind of minnows, really, who could step into his shoes as he steps down, and it just becomes apparent that there is no one who could live up to the leadership that Washington had brought to them. It's probably something of how Joshua and the Israelites felt at this point. This was a huge, huge blow. But in this context, in this moment, God comes and speaks to Joshua. And those are the words that we're going to read today. We're going to read what God came and spoke to Joshua in this moment of uncertainty and loss and grief and challenge and pressure and confusion. And I believe that these words, as they were strengthening for Joshua, will also be strengthening for us today. So we're going to read what God says as he comes to Joshua. Let's read together from chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm going to pray and then we're going to dig in. Lord, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would cause your word to come alive for us today as we read and as we seek to understand and apply it. Lord, I pray that you would change our hearts, (laughs) encourage us where we need encouraging, strengthen us where we need strengthening, challenge us where we need challenging. Lord, we look to you. We say, speak to us today, change us today, for your glory. Amen. Well, what do we find in these incredible words? God, knowing everything that's going on for the Israelites and for Joshua, speaks to him. And he speaks to strengthen and encourage him. To give him a pep talk, I guess you could say, for what is about to come and remind him of where his hope should rest. And there are some big lessons for us to learn from this in this moment. You see, following the events of the past months and even the news cycle from this week, I would guess many of us probably feel a bit like Joshua. COVID has knocked us sideways in a whole number of ways. We're facing challenges and uncertainty, aren't we? We are. We need to acknowledge that. (laughs) And as we head into winter, things don't really seem like they're going to ease any. The longer-term economic impact is going to take a toll. It will. And for many, some even in this room, actually job security will be a factor going forward. And in terms of church even, like honestly, (laughs) like I'm so relieved actually to see you all today. (laughs) Because... It's not exactly the ideal start for a new church. Yeah? We officially launched on the 19th of January. We had seven more weeks of meeting together, and then we went into lockdown. 
you think, are you kidding? <laughs> like, just at the point that there are some people beginning to kind of visit and see what's going on and ask questions about faith and the church community, doors closed. Hmm. It's been an uncertain time. And actually, let's be honest, it kind of still is. And then you add on to that the political and cultural climate that surrounds. I don't know if you've noticed, but actually division and animosity between people in our society and in our nation actually seems deeper and more pronounced, perhaps, than it ever has done. Like right at the start of COVID, there was this moment of kind of unity in our nation that felt like, oh my goodness, like these people who were kind of at opposite ends of the political spectrum and at each other's throats and some of the big divisions that we saw around us seemed to ease and, and almost evaporate for a brief period of time. But as the months have gone on, they've opened up again and they seem even more pronounced than ever. And anyone who questions or expresses a view publicly that's out of step with the prevailing culture is hung out to dry as we see kind of cancel culture on the rise online. I read in the news this week, and a church in Cornwall, Newquay, threats of an arson attack on their church building, threats of other kinds of action against them because the pastor had expressed a view on social media that he felt it was a, a positive thing that the pride march in their town had been cancelled because of his convictions about what the Bible teaches around same-sex marriage and relationships. And for expressing that view, their church has been relentlessly targeted with abusive messages and as I say, threats of arson. Even then, in this week, you know, there's no two ways about it. The world is in a bit of a pickle right now, hey? Even just this week, I don't know how many of you have seen Netflix in the news for this film, Cuties, that's been released. A film featuring the, the objectification and, and sexualization of 11-year-old girls. Our world is in a mess. And it's not actually just out there, tragically. It's going on in the church too. Over the past months, I've read multiple stories of leaders in the church falling into sin and being removed from ministry as a result. And in the midst of all of that, we're called to go <laughs> and make disciples. In the midst of all that's going on, we're called to love God. And love our neighbours. Yet it would be easy in the face of all of this to live in fear and despair, wouldn't it? And I've found myself leaning that way at times in the last couple of months. But actually I believe we have every reason to face these circumstances with courage and with hope. And I believe that these verses from Joshua chapter 1 will help us to do that today as we dig in. You know, for Joshua, maybe his fear was the river. Perhaps it was the weight of expectation of taking over from Moses. Maybe it was the giants in the land that they were supposed to inherit. Perhaps it was the fortified walls of Jericho, looming large on the horizon. 
I don't know what it is for you today either. Whether it's just tiredness or some other challenge that you're looking at and you just think, I don't know how I'm going to get past that and through that. But God knew Joshua's fear and anxiety. He knew what was going on for Joshua. And he knows what's going on in your heart right now. Every single one of you. See, I don't know the contents of your heart. I don't know what's preoccupying your thoughts as you head to bed at night. I don't know what it is for you. But God does. And I believe these words are words that will bring strength to us, actually, as God knows what's going on. The first thing I want us to notice in the way God spoke to Joshua is this, is that the call, commission, and sovereignty of God gives courage. Guys, if you know that God has called you and commissioned you to live for him, and you know that he is sovereign and he is in charge, then that breeds courage. And God needed Joshua to know that too. And this is what he said. You see, God's pep talk wasn't this. He didn't come to Joshua and say, hey, Joshua, you can do it. Joshua, you are a great guy. You are, you are a gifted and talented leader. Like, you've got it, Joshua. Like, you've got it in you to lead these people. That wasn't his pep talk. He didn't say, like, you're so resilient, you've made it this far, you can make it the next step. Do you know how often do we default to that kind of encouraging? Hey, that's not what Joshua received from God, and that's not what I want to give you today. No, what does God do? He reminds Joshua of his plans, God's plans for God's people, and of his promises for his people, and he underlines then Joshua's part in that. What does he come say as he comes to him? He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And you think, oh God, not the best note to start on, maybe. <laughs> Do we have to focus on that bit? Moses, my servant, is dead. See, there's actually strength and courage in that bit. See, that doesn't throw God. God isn't surprised by Moses' death. God's plans aren't derailed because the great leader Moses is no longer present. No, no. He carries on. He promises, doesn't he? He says to him, get up and go. and Lead them where? Into the land that I am giving them. God wants Joshua to know, Joshua, I am giving the people the land. This is my plan, my purposes, and I am doing it. And no one will be able to stop it happening. So get up and go. And say, Joshua, you're going to smash it, so get up and go. Joshua, you're the most gifted guy in the room, so get up and go. Joshua, you are the leader of leaders. You've learned everything there was to learn from Moses. Get up and go. No. He says, Joshua, I am going to give the people the land that I promised to Moses, so get up and go. Guys, this is huge. Like, this is... Massive. We have to grasp this point. God is not surprised by what's happening in your life right now, by the challenges that you're facing. 
They've not taken him off guard. God's plan for your life, for your family, and for this church and this nation and the nations of the world have not stopped working or been derailed. He has not been blindsided by COVID-19 and we can find and should find courage and strength in that. If you're a Christian today, I want to remind you of something. If you're a Christian today, I want to remind you that you are caught up in God's mission. You are caught up in God's plans and purposes for the nations of the world. You are called and commissioned by God to play an active part in seeing his kingdom come to bear on earth. If you're a Christian, your life has the most glorious and profound purpose imaginable. To know God and to make him known. It's God's purpose for you. It's his plan for his people that we might know him and make him known. And that plan has not been derailed by COVID-19. When we first began gathering, we spoke about this a lot, actually. And if I'm honest, I feel like we've backed off it a bit. I don't want to let up. I want to remind you again today and encourage you to press on, to pray, and to look for opportunities to share the gospel with those around you. To look for opportunities to share the love of God with those around you in word and in action. To get up and cross the river, knowing that it's his plan. It's it's easy, isn't it, to feel overwhelmed like Joshua maybe did. It's easy to feel disillusioned perhaps even about God's plans and purposes for church when it comes to his mission. Seeing people saved and added. You know, maybe you might be thinking, well, you know, we invited people to the carol service. And yeah, some people came, but no one became a Christian. Or we invited people on Alpha. And, you know, that was great. And a handful of people came. That was really, you know, that was good. But that was a long time ago now. And, you know, is that really where this is at? (laughs) You know, I think after 40 years of wandering in the desert, the Israelites probably felt a bit like that too. They probably felt a bit like, you know, I thought we'd be there by now. (laughs) When we came out of Egypt all that time back, I thought we'd be there by now in the land. Guys, it is so, so important that we grasp this. God has a plan in which he has called you and us to participate. It's his plan. And as he came to Joshua and he said, I'm doing it just as I promised. He wants to speak that to you today. It's his plan and he will accomplish it. But you know what? There's a funny tension set up here because the the normal way in which God accomplishes his plans and purposes on the earth is through his people. And if you've noticed that, yeah, The normal way in which God accomplishes his plans and purposes on earth is through his people. And we see that tension set up brilliantly in this passage. 
See, God says, we just read, I promised it, I'll do it. I'm giving it to them just as I promised to. And you think, oh, thank you, Lord, you're doing it. The pressure's off. And it is. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we don't have anything to do because he also said to Joshua, didn't he? He said, get up and go. And he says this in verse 6, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. We have this tension of God saying, I promised it, I'm going to do it. And then he says to Joshua, you will cause it to happen. Think, Hang on, I'll do it, but you'll do it. <laughs> I promised it, I'll do it, but you'll do it. He underlines to Joshua, Joshua, you have a part to play. Take courage that I'm going to do it. Be strong and courageous. But you're going to play your part and cause the people to inherit the land. I'll do it. You'll do it. (laughs) See, I firmly believe that like the Israelites who inherited the land, God promised them because Joshua did respond courageously and he got up and he crossed the river. I believe that there are people who will experience the love of God, people who will inherit eternal life because you respond courageously and step out knowing that you're caught up in God's plans. I want to say, guys, don't give way to fear. Don't be discouraged. Let's get up and go, knowing that he's promised it and he will do it. You know, God, God says that he's building his church. It's his building project is that it's him who works in the hearts of men to bring them to salvation. And yet he also says to us, go and make disciples. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Baptize them. Yeah? He says, he'll do it. And we'll do it. And we've got to hold those two things together. The next thing I want us to note is this. The presence of God gives us great cause for courage. See, this is breathtaking in this. God says to Joshua, just as I was with Moses. Joshua knew that God's presence was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So be strong and courageous. He says again later, I don't think I put this on the slides. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Why? What is this cause for courage? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God gives Joshua this ground on which to take heart, to be encouraged. Firmly built on God's purposes and God's presence. Just as I was with Moses, I'm with you, Joshua. You know, Jesus promises the same to us. When he commissioned his disciples and he sent them and in turn sends us to play our part in his mission, what did he say? He said, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And what does he say into that also? I am with you always 
to the end of the age. See, our cause for courage is the certainty that God is with us. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're heading out into this week, God promises that he will be with you by his Spirit, that he'll never leave or forsake you. See, this is hard for us to get our heads around sometimes, but the truth is that, that loved ones may pass. That's painful. I would never belittle the pain of that loved ones may pass. Other people, people you considered friends perhaps, may abandon you. Other people may reject you and push you away. But we can know this. When you submit to him, when you come to him, when you put your hope in Jesus and your trust in him, he promises that he will never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't promise an easy ride, but he promises that he will be with you. And that is the best news. Because that is the best news. However deep the valley, however dark the night, you do not face it alone. Even if, humanly speaking, you feel isolated, you're not alone because he is with you. And when it comes to opposition from people, we think, well, what will they think of me if I speak up on that issue, if I share good news with them? What will they think of me if I share the gospel with them? What if they reject me? Well, we take heart, knowing that he will not reject us. We can be so preoccupied sometimes with wanting the approval of people. We live from day to day craving the approval of people. I want to encourage you that we need to be people who are less concerned with craving the approval of people and we need to be those who find contentment in knowing we have the approval of our Heavenly Father. Knowing that in Christ we have the approval of God. And when you know that you're loved by the King of Heaven, it changes everything, right? When you know that you are securely loved and approved of by God, it changes everything. I know it sounds tra- drastic, right? But the truth is this. When we truly hope in Christ, when we find contentment in the affection and approval of our Heavenly Father, when we're secure in the knowledge that He will never leave us or forsake us, then actually the worst, the worst that anyone can do to us, the very worst that anyone could do is to end this fleeting life. I know that sounds extreme, (laughs) but it's true, right? That's the worst anyone could do. This life, which is just a breath compared to eternity, it's the, the most fleeting of moments compared to the eternal hope we have in Christ Jesus. The worst someone could do. It's very unlikely to happen. They're more likely to just say something rude to you or 
maybe if it's really bad, punch you in the face. That's the worst I've ever had for sharing the good news with someone. You know that? Someone punched me in the face once because I talked to them about Jesus. Oh, well. Get over it. Right? <laughs> so the worst they could do is take away what you can't keep anyway. What won't last anyway. When our hope is in Christ, it gives us courage. And we can say with the Apostle Paul, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You see, we live with him now, and though we only see a fraction, we're captivated by his beauty and his glory, right? Isn't he just the best? Yeah? To know that we can have relationship with the creator of all things. Stunning. That we can come into his presence, that as Joe led us in songs and we respond to his love, we just say, wow, God, you're awesome. That's how we live now. Captivated by his beauty and his glory and wanting to, to share that with others. His grace and his kindness that hasn't treated us as our sins deserve, but has called us sons and welcomed us in and lavished love upon us to share that with others. But then, then will we live with him and know him fully, see him in all his glory as he really is, and we'll be captivated truly, truly captivated for all eternity, our hearts fit to burst with adoration we see the the real beauty of God. See, as Christians, this means that we can live without fear (laughs) because we have an eternal, unshakable hope. If you have assurance that you've been made right with God and that you have eternal life through him because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, if you have the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God living in you, then you have nothing to fear. God has called you, and God is with you. So be strong and very courageous. But there's more. There's more. God's not done with Joshua yet, and he's not done with us yet. We find one more key thing as God speaks to Joshua, and that is this, that the word of God gives us courage. He says to him, doesn't he? Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. That's God's word to them. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law, God's word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We find strength in God's word. This isn't a denial or an ignorance of situations around. But guys, I guess I want to ask you, (laughs) when we give all our attention to the news cycle and to social media, then the tendency of our hearts is to give way to fear. I don't know if you've noticed that. 
But when you spend lots of time, (laughs) social media and watching the news, the tendency of your heart is to begin to give way to fear. Oh my goodness, all of this is going on. Just fuels our fears. We're ill-equipped to live with courage. If Joshua just spent all his time talking to the people about the challenges that lay ahead, he would be ill-equipped to live with courage. But God told him, don't let go of my word. Keep it in your mouth. Keep speaking it out to people for their strengthening and encouragement. Meditate on it day and night. Be rehearsing it. Let it do you good. Soak in it. Allow it to well up within you and strengthen you and encourage you and live by it. Guys, we need to know what's going on in the world. We do. But seriously, how much time do you give to watching or reading the news compared to how much time you give to reading and meditating on God's Word? Like, just honestly, in the average day. How much time do you spend just watching the telly and absorbing the messages that that feeds you as opposed to reading God's Word? How much time do you spend on social media and all that that brings to us compared with reading and meditating on God's Word? Because if we give all our focus to the wrong things, it's not that they're bad and that you shouldn't engage in them, but if you give so much of your focus and energy there, you will be ill-equipped to respond with courage to the circumstances you face. God has given us his word and we need, like Joshua, to live by it, to meditate on it, to give ourselves to reading it, understanding it, living it out. It's a gift to us. We find strength in here. Why? Because as we read it, it reveals God to us. As we read his word, it reveals his character to us, his nature, his dealings with his people, his his kindness and his grace, his compassion, as well as his power and his splendor. As we read his word, it reveals to us what he is like. And as we learn and we understand more of what he's like, it strengthens us and gives us courage. But also, as we read it, we see it's a firm foundation. It doesn't change. It's, it's not the latest trend or fad. It's enduring. It's God's word for us, and it gives us his wisdom for how we should live in his world. So the advice you might get in the news or on social media or elsewhere I don't know if you've noticed, but it changes from like year to year. I mean, week to week, almost. God's word will not. It's a solid and firm foundation that we can build on and live in obedience to. It's enduring, it's reliable, and it's trustworthy, guys. We need to meditate on it. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Store it up. Let roots grow down deep in God's word. For our habit of reading it, reciting it, of talking about it with others, of sharing 
what you've read. Let your roots grow down deep so that when crisis comes, there is courage and strength and wisdom and stability with which you might face them and meet them. So as we head into this week, into the months ahead, perhaps as we head into challenge and uncertainty, maybe as you speak with friends and neighbours and colleagues and family, I want to encourage you to be strong and courageous because God has called you just as he had called Joshua. Be strong and courageous because God is with you just as he was with Joshua and his people. And let his word dwell in you richly that you might be thoroughly equipped for the works which he's prepared in advance for you to do. I'm going to pray and then Joe's going to sing one final song as we conclude our time together. Lord, we look to you now. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you know the content of each one of our hearts and minds right now. Lord, you know what we're thinking. You know the challenges we're facing. You know our struggles and our battles. You know our hopes and our dreams. You know our fears. And Lord, I thank you that you have a plan for us. That you've called us and caught us up in your plans and purposes for mankind. Would you remind us of that this week? And Lord, we thank you that you presence yourself with us by your Spirit. Would you remind us of that this week? And Lord, I pray that you would help us all the more to be a people of your word, who read it, who meditate on it, who allow it to speak to our hearts, to do us good, to equip us for the works of service that you've prepared in advance for us to do, for your glory, for the good of those around us. Amen.